Retro Rebel Gamecast Episode 70 is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro, Re- Retro Rebels release every Friday, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and it sounds like Amanda is actually doing our play-by-play analysis. Uh, <laughs> She's, she's transcribing this as we go. So what's up, Amanda? How are you doing? Welcome I'm, to the new year. I'm good. I, I've started the new year off with a bang. I have dual citizenship now. Take that. Take well, it. how about that? Now, in case, I don't even know. I mean, the the best of both worlds uh, You can come and go as you That's what I like now. to think. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. The world is my Would oyster. I can, I can visit almost it's, every country on the planet now, so... You know, yeah. The the, the world is your oyster. So, um, well, so uh, yeah, we took a little bit of a hiatus uh, for a few weeks over the break. We kind of collected ourselves, spent time with family, spent time in the holidays, and everything. So, we had a little bit of time. Uh, whether we spent that playing video games or not remains to be seen. But uh, this episode is going to be primarily going over. Everything we played over the year uh, or throughout 2018 and uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. Hopefully most of these awards go to uh, Sea of Thieves. Um, and I just can't wait to see you know, where that lands on Amanda's list. But <laughs> before, before, we, before we get to that, I figured we'd go ahead and go around the room and just talk about what we've been playing as usual. So what have you been playing lately? Uh, I have actually been playing, and it will fall on one of my lists, uh, I have been playing Bad Apples, which is like a Cards Against Humanity knockoff game. Um, and it's free on mobile, it's fun, the, the things you say are rude, and it's a it's a great afternoon, you know? So I've, I've been and enjoying what have that. You been, what's that on? Uh, is that it's on mobile. mobile game? Yeah, it's a mobile game, and it's you like get a deck of cards, and they're all you know rude things. I'm sure you've played Cards Against Humanity before. It's just like that. Okay. Yeah, I have. Okay. 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 And that's a multiplayer, I'm assuming. Yep, multiplayer online. It's it's free. It's great. It's a good game. Recommend. Many recommends more gaming. Very good. It's okay. Good. Well, I I, uh, I have never played that, but I have played Cards Against Humanity, and I enjoy that. So. Um, well, I had a, I had a, um, a goal and I know that I told you about this and and I don't know that any listener heard this, uh, because we did have some technical difficulties over the break, but uh, I have been doing everything I can, uh, to, to, uh, finish God of War. Um, I do realize it came out almost a year ago, um, but uh, what I found is that it actually is much more difficult to do that than I thought because uh, there are so many things to do outside of it. And if it wasn't such a good game, this this is a good problem to have. But the problem is, is that it is such a good game. Uh, and uh, so, in sh- you know, too long, didn't read. Uh, 
basically you have the nine realms of, you know, of Nordic mythology. And that's the premise. Spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't played this game yet. I'm not going to ruin the game, but I am going to reveal a few of the details. And if you don't want anything ruined, then skip ahead a few minutes. Uh, basically, you have the nine realms. And uh, a lot of the realms are locked. Odin has locked them. And so you can't go to those yet until you've either discovered the runes to be able to understand the language. Or you find some sort of secret keystone or whatever. And then you can go. Well, a couple of the realms are basically just there for fun. So you can go to, I think it's Muspelheim and Niflheim. Those are two of the realms okay. that are basically there for you just to collect uh, resources so that you can craft new armor That's that will help you in the future and will help you in those general areas. And so one of them, uh, Niflheim, has uh, this... And, and like I said, each one of these has very distinct enemies and distinct people who live there, inhabitants. Um, they have their own environments that are unique to that those realms. And Midgard is like Earth. Uh, and so when you uh, you know and 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 you you go to each one of these to retrieve something, and there's a purpose for each one of them. But one of the best parts about the game is that there's not a whole lot of repeat themes. So, like, you go to a new realm, and yes, although there will be some things that are familiar, so the layout is a little bit familiar in terms of, like, once you get there, you get your bearings pretty easily. But Helheim is very distinct. It is, you know, it is, Helheim is kind of what it sounds like, it's hell. But it's it's icy, There's it's desolate, uh, you see spirits everywhere, and so, like, and the terrain is, in, 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 uh, the general environment is very unique to, to Helheim. Then when you go to Muspelheim, Muspelheim is where Surtur was. Anybody that knows a little bit about Viking mythology or Norse mythology, I'm sorry, knows that he was a fire giant. Uh, he also is usually involved in Ragnarok in some form or fashion. If you've seen Thor Ragnarok, then you know Surtur is involved in Ragnarok in that movie. So, um, And so the, the atmosphere, the environment is fire and brimstone and ash and all that stuff, so. Um, well, I got caught up going into those Niflheim uh, and uh, Muspelheim, and they just are fun. I mean, they're they're, uh, they're a couple of one of them has a, an arena, and there's round after round of just enemies. And after you beat every round, you get a, you get resources that you can you know you get loot, and um, and then the other one you uh, you basically have a timer that you have to defeat everything. And if you don't defeat everything within the time and then get out of the poison gas, because there's this fog that's, if you're in the low ground, you're, you're kind of, uh, you're exposed to this fog. And if you stay in the fog for too long, it'll kill you. And anything you've collected up to that point, you lose if you don't get out of the fog. So, uh, so that has distracted me from finishing the game. Uh, but where I am right now, I just had to go into the world serpent. And I know all this is going to sound like, word soup craziness um, yeah yes so basically you go into uh Jormungandr, which is the i think i may have said that correctly which is the world serpent and he's this giant snake serpent thing um that uh is kind of like the protector of the realm and uh, you have to go inside his stomach to get an eyeball and the eyeball is something that allows your guide to see properly it was stolen from him because he can see across realms um 
and it's uh, Mimir is, is the is the Norse god that you're trying to get his eyeball back. Um, right. Along the way, you get uh, sidetracked by Balder, another one of the Norse gods, um, and the, so there's an and he's been tracking you throughout the game, and uh, and and your whole goal is to go to Jotunheim, and Jotunheim is where all of the giants are, and you're doing this because this was like your mother or your wife's last wish. Um, and the thing about this game, and we'll talk about it a little bit more in a bit, is it's um, so much more complex in terms of the God of War games. If you ever thought God of War was just about hacking and slashing, which it was originally, and then sex mini games, um, <laughs> then this game completely blows all of your expectations out of the water. I mean, in terms of story. And this is not a revelation to people that have played it, but if you haven't played it... Um, it is so story driven and has an incredible narrative and incredible uh, story uh, that I just I did not expect it to this extent anyway. But um, but that's what I've been playing and I've almost finished it. I just got distracted towards the end. Even my wife was asking me. She's like, have you not finished this game yet? <laughs> and I said no. So anyway, that's what I've been playing. But it's well, good. It's good. I. Much it does recommend. sound like word soup, though. <laughs> it is word soup. Exactly. I knew it would as I was explaining it. I was like, oh, this is going to sound ridiculous. Uh, but it is what it is. So anyway, what, that brings us to our main topic, which is games of the year. And so I realize it is 2019. This will this will go out in 2019. But um, I think we've had plenty of time to reflect on the games that we've played and there have been a ton of great games that were released and then also some that really were suck. So, <laughs> um, and, and so we'd like to recognize all of these and we have, uh, our list of categories this year, uh, in which I know that some of us will have, you know, one of us may have a game, uh, that gets, gets this particular award, uh, but the award categories change, uh, and they change based on the games that were released our experiences with them. And so, uh, you know, congratulations to these games for winning an award that may not even exist next year. Um, but I guess, uh, I don't know if you have a, a point or, or a, a, uh, an award that you would like to start with. I think we uh, just start at the top. Yeah. Let's just start at the top. So, yeah. uh, our first award is for best indie game experience. So, okay. Do you have a best indie game experience award uh, or and who would it go to? Well, uh, first off, I'll tell you that I was typing furiously. So now I have one for all the categories because I had to shuffle some things around so that I could make room. What? 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 I know. Okay. I know. So I'm ready. So my 2018 and it's actually a 2018 release. You're welcome uh, for best indie Very game nice. is the one I'm playing right now, which is Shadows Awakening. It is a pseudo Diablo style dungeon crawler where you take multiple, the form of multiple different heroes in order to unlock puzzles and um, clear enemies. And it's just a really well thought out game. It's complex. The story is decent and it controls well. So it ticks all the boxes for me. Very nice. Um, for me, the best, my best indie game experience, bestie indie, bestie indie, <laughs> bestie. Uh, would be Celeste. Uh, okay. Celeste is a release on the Nintendo Switch. It is a Super Meat Boy style platformer, and I believe it's 
because it was made by the people from that, that made Super Meat Boy. Um, and so it's, it is, uh, surprisingly deep in terms of story, especially for something where there's not a lot of voice acting or not a lot of sound outside of, you know, just your traditional game sounds. Um, it's also very difficult, which means I absolutely didn't finish it. Um, but in terms of, but in terms of, uh, gameplay and platforming and just being a solid game all around, um, I really enjoyed it. I just hadn't had a chance to really get back into it. It's one of those games that you kind of you have to get the the feel for the controls, and then you once you're in the groove, then you can play it. If you start playing anything else, getting back into it and getting the controls back down, at least for me, was difficult. So, you know, I needed to play it for a bit, get the controls down, and because it, it's it's timing is is of the essence. And like if you don't have your timing down. It's it's just a it's just a precision type uh, platforming game, and so there's there's a there's a ton to be gotten from it. It's a lot of fun. It's not necessarily an, a, an overly long game, uh, but it is um, it is a challenge. So you know, and for people who enjoy that, I think this is something that they that a game that they'd really enjoy. But in terms of indie experiences, that was my uh, choice. Celeste. Okay. All right. Celeste. Hmm. Yeah. So, our next category is best AAA title. Best AAA title, um, and these are in no particular order. So it's not like the game of the year is you know the first or last or middle game. Um, uh, but none of these none of these are more prestigious than others. So uh, necessarily, uh, we just like to recognize whether you good or bad or ugly. Uh, Want to recognize? So AAA game of the year. Okay, so. Once And I think you're going to be impressed because all of mine that worked out are releases from 2018. I know. This is amazing. Very nice. Uh, yeah. So this is one I know that we talked about that I really enjoyed playing, Vampire, released in June 2018. Uh, it is a RPG. It is, I would say, it's not really an action RPG. I'd call it a true RPG. Um, and it's based on balancing the health of different districts while also being a sneaky, sneaky vampire. And I really enjoyed the way that the game worked, the fact that you needed to choose who lived or died, that it did make a difference um, to how the ending played out. And I really thought it was a good title. So I'm giving that for best AAA game. Very nice. Um, for me, I would say the best AAA title would be God of War. And this was a difficult choice for me because I also played Spider-Man PS4. I played Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, and all of those, all of the, th all three of these games are tremendous AAA titles. I think they all deserve some sort of a, an award. And I think they have been awarded um, on various other podcasts and, and uh, video game award shows. So, but God of War, and I think God of War just because it's one of the games that I, besides Spider-Man, which was a close second, uh, that I've come back to that that the story resonates with me. That has was that I that it sticks with me, you know. And if a game really sticks with me, I feel like it deserves some sort of recognition because uh, it will be one. Like I couldn't tell you what happened in which God of War before this. Uh, you know, I I know the basic story. Kratos goes and kills all of the Greek gods. Okay, that's that's pretty much the premise for the first five gods God of War games. Um, but this one had such a strong story, 
and you know starting with the death of his wife understanding his background and because he does truly have a tragic history you know being tricked into killing his own wife and his daughter um and then basically being covered in the ashes of the innocents he's killed uh which you know gives him the ghost of sparta look the white skin and so that is just uh, i mean that's already tragic and then having a son that you're trying to teach the ways knowing that your son is also a god and gonna probably have to suffer through some of the things that you had to suffer through um, and not being able to do anything about it other than try to prepare them best. So it's like you can tell Kratos is trying to keep himself at arm's length from his son, not to get too attached and close, but to try to teach him everything he needs to know. But he's in conflict with this because he loves his son and wants to be closer than he is. He's just in conflict with it. And you get that feeling throughout the game. And and there is a... a there's just a really good story arc for both characters and and uh which you just don't traditionally see in action games like this um and so i feel like god of war to me is is a they it's a return to form and then improved upon uh formula i mean it's, it's just it is a must play game it, to me this is the type of game that sells consoles like i would buy the console to play this game shit okay if that's you, high praise Exactly. I mean, that it's and it's it's one that even if I finish the game, like I said, these other two realms, I don't know if I can go back and visit them after I finish the game. But if I could, I would just go there and jump to play and stay in that world longer. It's right. just it's that much fun. So that's my triple A. That's my triple A award uh, for the year. It's a solid. Pick. So the next category. Yeah, thank you. What is the next category? I believe it's worst worst indie, indie game. Sure. Yeah, worst now, indie. I game. don't have one for this. Oh, I do. Because I think. Oh, I knew you would. So let's let's hear. What is your pick for worst indie? My pick for worst indie is not because it's a badly designed game, but just because it is the most tedious as fuck thing I have ever played in my life. <laughs> It is Surviving Mars. Uh, it was released in March 2018. It's super tedious. You have to connect gas lines and electricity lines and mine crap. And it's just not fun. I don't know who's finding this fun. Uh, it looks beautiful. It's, you know, it's a nice looking game. But it's boring as hell. It's boring. So. Boo. Boo. That gets the stinker for worst indie game from my book. Stinker. <laughs> Worse indie, and it's just a basically a poop emoji. Basically, with a sad face, not even a happy face one. It's a sad face, poop emoji, and the, and then a giant sad face poop emoji for worst AAA experience. Uh, are are we in I agreement on this one? All right, well, we may. You be. go first. Uh, I you think go first. Are. Far Cry Five yeah. gets my yeah. worst triple a experience um just i i mean i i i feel hornswoggled Ooh. Duped. Mm. I feel yeah i feel like uh i purchased this game with the you know with the sandbox feel and you know we talked about this on an episode earlier this year and and i and i know exactly when you stopped playing it and it was it was much after much later than i did uh but that's not to say that i didn't get the I did not get the, the full experience. Boon that I <laughs> right. 
But I got the experience. I got enough experience to know if I was going to enjoy the game or not. And and this is one that I should have absolutely rented first to know that I did not enjoy any part of what was going on. I didn't enjoy the controls. I didn't enjoy the world that I was in. And that was the that was the selling point to me. Like the 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 running theme, the you know this hyper a super conservative religious cult controlling like a group of people and and you know them becoming this uh you know anti-government uh establishment and i don't know it just was an interesting premise out in out in you know montana but playing it completely different experience did not enjoy that at all so uh yeah so that gets my giant poop emoji sad face triple a experience uh award yeah, no, I agree. We're in agreement on that. I really felt like it, it was just a lot of the same of the same. And you couldn't progress along the story arc unless you did some specific side missions. And I was just like, no, but I just I want to see the main story. I'm bored with this side mission stuff. I don't care. Um, and that I think that's a huge that's a huge. Well, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, I just I think that that's a huge uh, a huge part of gaming in general that gets overlooked, especially in these sandbox games where you put so much into them. There's, there's just so much content that's shoved into them that you lose track of what it is that you were even doing. And the things that they have you doing on the side aren't even fun. Yeah, I agree. And that's, that takes away, just takes away so much from the game. Whereas like I was saying with God of War or even with Spider-Man, you have these side missions that you don't have to do. You know, you, you get a phone call or you find out there's a crime over here or whatever's going or you, going on uh there's a lab that's just to the right that you could you know you could get some lab points there that helps you craft new suits and maybe over to the left there's a, a black cat painting that you could you could go discover or you know other side missions that are all around your actual mission and every one of those things is fun and it's not so deep and it doesn't take you away it's not busy work that you forget what you were doing and, and it's not even fun to complete, you know, every, even catching the pigeons in PS in the PS4 uh, Spider-Man, which only makes sense if you've been playing it, but <laughs> I think there's like 12 pigeons. There's like 12 pigeons that you have to catch and wow. they're like special pigeons that were trained. Special and pigeon. when you find them, yeah, it's, it's so, it's so good for people with ADD. So as you're swinging through the city, all of a sudden you see this pigeon and you're like, and, and you, you're supposed to catch it. So you just, take a detour immediately and you start swinging after this pigeon when you were on your way to wherever you were going. And then you catch the pigeon and then you start swinging right back to wherever you were going. Right. And it's, it builds and that's its own little side story, but it's not so dominant and it's not so such busy work that it takes away from the game experience. So it actually adds to it. And I think that's the point of those side missions and stuff. So yeah. Um, yeah. Bar cry shit show. Mm. Oh, shit show of the year. Um, I love that we're following that up with another shit show for worst game controversy. Worst. Game, <laughs> worst. And, and we have worst best. I don't I don't think that there's a best controversy. And I, I and I say best, meaning it negatively as well. It's like <laughs> I'm just trying to put a positive spin on it. So uh, worst best game controversy of 2018, which I feel like we probably both are on the same page with this as well. Yeah. So I think for both of us, and correct me if you've got a different one, but I think Telltale laying off all its workers was really a slap in the face to people who thought that Telltale was a different type of company running a different type of game. 
and it's just more of the same Very and nice. a bit of the worst. And a bit of the worst. And, you know, honestly, I, I had uh, something different. Here. Okay. Um, okay. My, my worst, best controversy was just the entire Fallout 76 experience. Um, everything about the game and the release and Bethesda's failure, um, it's starting to be revealed more and more just kind of what company they are. Now, I do realize we have another category later on uh, that, that just gives a, a uh, big flaming bag of poop to the worst uh, gaming company. Mm. But uh, Bethesda is not even my pick on this one, on, the, on that particular award but for this one i feel like they've just they failed on so many different levels uh it's it's really not hard i think to to please gaming fans if you're up front and if you deliver like only say blizzard was so good for years about not giving you a date on when they were going to release anything yeah and then just releasing it and then when they released it it was good and, I mean, it was like you couldn't complain about anything because they weren't telling you when it was coming and not coming. They didn't just give you 50,000 teaser trailers. They just said, we're working on it. It'll be ready when it's ready, and we'll release it. And they had built up enough goodwill that, you know, that worked. Uh, and and uh, so with Bethesda, uh, I think them releasing, you know, their their previous works on multiple platforms and just basically milking their franchises for all that they were possibly worth then doing putting out this this open world game that they expected to be inhabited by the people which isn't necessarily a terrible idea but it's kind of like jedi uh was it uh, uh, star wars galaxies where you had this open world and people you know you get people who were shot keepers or you could have jedis or you could have bounty hunters or you could have you know you could kind of be whoever you wanted to be the problem is is you can't then also it's like it was disingenuous it was like they they started all of this and they created this world and they they put out this game but then they also wanted to continue to have a live service that would milk the people for more and more money monthly it's horrible. um you know it is and if you have a monthly subscription if you want to do that don't just have the microtransactions that, uh, and then not deliver on the things that you said you were going to deliver, like with the with the, you know, with the bags and with the, uh, just. I mean, I, I feel like we could do, and I know Jim Sterling and other people have done multiple episodes on the same thing. Uh, the, the game was even broken after the first, which isn't <laughs> the, after the first of the year. <laughs> yeah, with the nukes. And, and it's not even that that by itself wouldn't be that big of a deal. But the problem is, is that is on top of everything else that was that kind of affected this game and, and is attached to this game. So for me, uh, that is the best worst controversy is this the entire experiment that was Fallout 76. Although the Telltale one is is a, that's huge. I, I, I had actually forgotten that even happened. I have not. And it really has tarnished that company's reputation for me. Absolutely. Well, they're gone now. <laughs> Excellent. Well, on Next. something just as bleak, <laughs> good news comes later. We've got loads of good news after this. But yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, worst game reveal. Worst game reveal. Um, and uh, f well, and you know, I guess Fallout seventy six could be on this as well. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. Um, but I've, I've, yes. I've chosen one that we spoke about in the past. I've chosen 
Blizzard announcing Diablo on mobile to a crowd full yes. of PC gamers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you and I would agree 100% that that is the. It, it's just that, such that a definitely fail. The award here. <laughs> it's such a fail. And that's not how you end your entire conference. Yeah. You shouldn't end BlizzCon with that revelation as if that's something that that particular crowd, the crowd that comes, the avid fans, you're you're just playing to the wrong. And then to come out with and say, well, you know, you own a phone, don't you? You know, basically just saying, you know, everybody has a phone. This will be something that everybody <laughs> wants. It's just very tone deaf in, in what they want. You know, I mean, they that's. Their audience wasn't interested. I'll take, like, let, let me. I'm gonna put it in perspective. It, it is a it is a game that people play uh, in. They play online. They play together. There are there are components of it that are social, you know. Um, and to put it in perspective, my son plays Fortnite. My son loves to be in groups that are hosted by mobile players. Do you know why? Why? Because mobile players cannot play the game as quickly. And, and, and as well as people who are on consoles or the PC. So he gets all the kills if it's hosted by a mobile player. Because they just can't react as fast. Wow. So he knows, he knows that if it's hosted by a mobile player, that he's going to be able to rack up the kills. It, it, is, it, it, is, it reduces or impairs their experience, but he knows that it's going to pad his stats. Wow. <laughs> you know. That's and so and to me, I said that speaks, it speaks volumes though, of just the in general experience. It's nice that you could play it that way. It just allows you to get your fix, I guess, or whatever, but it is a, it is a reduced experience. It is a, uh, it is a, a subpar performance, subpar performance. I mean, there's just no way around it. Subpar experience overall. So, um, yeah, it's not, it is not ideal. Uh, and, and, and people know it, you know? And so I think that was definitely tone deaf. <laughs> and so I may, I may have the rest of my categories out of order. So I'm going to let you uh, okay go with the next category. Right. So the next one I have is best game reveal. Best game reveal. Yeah, I do have that one. Okay. And, you want to go first? And I guess I yeah, I'll go ahead and go first. For me, the best game reveal, and there there were two, but because I don't have any footage for one of them, I'm going to go with the other. Now I really wanted to put Anthem on this okay. um, because I want to have hope. I have faith and hope that 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 game is going to be everything that it could be. Um, and if you don't know much about it, it is a it, it's kind of like a Destiny style game, and I believe it is made by who who's making Anthem? I think it's made by um, Bioware. Is it Bioware? I think so. Yeah, Bioware. Um, do, 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 Am I right? Uh, Bioware, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and Bioware has um, good, good. I mean, has established a lot of good faith within the gaming, except community. for so, Andromeda. Except for Andromeda, but you you feel like that had more to do, and I, I believe this had more to do with EA than it did with Bioware. Unfortunately. The more EA pushes into their realm, just like Activision pushes into Blizzard's realm, the more you're going to see those, those sneaky Cthulhu tendrils ruining 
what goodwill they, you know, they had originally established. So, you know, everything Bioware's done could go away if, if, uh, if they don't actually, uh, you know, if they don't deliver on the promise of back under control, yeah, yeah, deliver on the, so anyway, uh, so, but what I am going to go with, and this is probably just for me is, is kingdom hearts three. Uh, I know it's released this month. Uh, and, uh, I've been looking forward to this game for a while, but probably I've been looking forward to this game for so long. It was actually during a time when I would probably really enjoy this game more. <laughs> it's been so, it's been that long since I played Kingdom Hearts 2, uh, more than 10 years or about 10 years. So uh, I don't know that I'll even in, enjoy it as much as I would have had I gotten this, you know, five years ago. Um, but I but I was excited for it. It is a game that I that I thoroughly enjoyed that I in a series of games that I have completed and know the story about as well as I can. Uh, and anyone who knows the story knows that it is a bit convoluted. So, <laughs> but I'm going to go with kingdom hearts three. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the best game reveal and we still only have a teaser trailer for it, but I'm stoked to death. Dragon age <laughs> hashtag the dread wolf rises. Um, I've said it a million times, you know, the kind of Fenris love triangle that you get into with uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. It was a big deal for me. I felt like it was super well written. And the fact that this next game looks to be all about him, I'm just, I'm so into it. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And they, they didn't give me more than 30 seconds of a teaser and I'm already hooked. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I just, You've got to play. I wish I'd played more. Of, got to play. I, I know. I wish I'd played the Dragon Age Inquisition uh, series, or uh, you know, at least got farther into that game so that I could be more excited because it is right up my alley in terms of games that I'd enjoy. So. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, the next one is best new franchise. Nice. So and that means well, it can be whatever we want it to be. It could it could be well. I sound. I feel like yours is going to be dodgy. So mine's like legit new Probably. franchise. So yes. Uh, and my entry for this is the Life is Strange franchise, which had Life is Strange two released September twenty eighteen. I think it's a fabulous game. I think it is hard hitting. There are emotional points. You do begin to care about the characters. I really enjoyed Life is Strange 2. It was nice to um, play in the shoes of, of, of the other girl from the franchise whose name escapes me now. Was it Claire or something like that? Anyway. Uh, it was uh, um, Chloe. Chloe, there we go. Yeah, Chloe. It was interesting to see the... Because it was a prequel, it was interesting to see right. what made her kind of the way that she is. Um, I think it's great games. I'd love to see a third one and them to round out the franchise, but I really like what they're doing with it. The storytelling is great. The quote unquote powers that you get in life is strange too are fun to use. They are, they feel like they have higher stakes than the quote unquote powers that you had in the first one, because uh, in the first one, you felt like obligated to use it and that you, you know, you really couldn't mess it up. This one with the kind of dialogue trees, the the attitude power meter or whatever it is, uh, you could screw it up. You could screw it up and escalate a situation and things wouldn't turn out well. And I really, 
I really like that about this game. So that's my vote for the best new franchise, Life is Strange franchise. Life is Strange. Well, for me, and I don't think this is actually as dodgy, um, is, and I'll explain why, is uh, best... Because I can't give an award to all of my favorite games as best AAA experience, this game is going to be in the franchise, and I think this is Spider-Man for PS4. Mm. Um, if you play the game, then you realize that they are setting it up to to potentially go in multiple directions. So uh, within the game, one of the playable characters is Miles Morales. Um, they also set up other villains within the game uh, that they never really have to deliver on. Uh, but they just set it up for the future, like the Osborns and having the Green Goblin. Well, you don't really ever see the Green Goblin, but they do allude to the Osborns and things that have happened. Uh, and so without spoiling anything, you know, I mean, that's that's kind of the gist. But with Spider-Man, uh, they could go in any particular direction in the Spider-Verse. And with this, you know, into the Spider-Verse... Uh, being released in December and just seeing that there are so many different directions that they could go with it. And there's so many different, you know, spider men, spider women, <laughs> spider <laughs> in, characters in the, in the spider characters in, in the, in the world. Um, I think that it's just the beginning of potentially a really great series, much like the Batman Arkham series that you could have a Spider-Man series uh, very similar to that in that world where you're you do doing more of the same. And I think as long as you kind of iterate on it a bit um, and and change up a little bit of it, but keep the, the, the basis of it, I think two or three games in this series uh, is not actually that much to ask or to, you know, I, I feel that's that could be expected. Um, so I think the Spider-Man series, uh, this is the first game in that. And just keep your eyes open. I think it's actually going to start a series that Amanda will never get to play. <laughs> I know, because I don't have a PS4. It's unfair. I know. It is unfair. <laughs> um, okay. And I actually, I came up with one I, uh, for best soundtrack. And I can't believe I didn't think of it. And then, And then I was scrolling through what I played this year, and it came to me like a vision. It just came to me. Yes. Uh, and that is Jurassic World Evolution, released June 2018. Who doesn't like a bit of Jurassic Park music? I mean, who doesn't? And that was the best part about that game. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. It had the surround sound on and everything. We ain't messing around. Listen, <laughs> I enjoyed Ooh, it. Not at all. Um, well, yeah, that's good. Um, so for, uh, for me... I, the best soundtrack is going to go to uh, Octopath Traveler. Okay. And uh, the reason for me, the reason for me is because it's a, it's much more of the same in terms of uh, your eight bit Final Fantasy style, um, just fantasy music, and so it's it's akin to all of that. Um, I just felt like it, and it's more orchestral. So instead of having your polyphonic 8-bit music, you actually have the more or less 18, 16-bit experience, old-school turn-based RPG with the uh, with the soundtrack that would go more with your contemporary RPG. So more of an orchestral fantasy-style soundtrack. Um, and uh, so I just... I, the game, I couldn't speak 
you know, more highly of in terms of that type of experience. And we probably should have had an RPG category. We just didn't. There's just so many good games really to recognize and bad games. So I really, everyone needs to be recognized. <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. I'm just, I can't believe I didn't think of that until like just now when we hit record, I was like, Oh, nailed it. <laughs> All right. I'm sure you're going to have one for this one. Cause you play loads of old games that weren't released that year. So best old game played in 2018. Give it to me. Man, you know, the honestly, I don't have one in this. No Not one that wasn't. Now, I could I do have a, a game I played that was not released in 2018 that I've really enjoyed, um, but I didn't feel like I played it enough to really get. Uh, I don't know the kind of experience that you would expect to give an award to a game for. Um, but, uh, you know, just so that I have uh, something to to announce and give them a nice plastic trophy, um, I would give it to uh, the game, and I believe it was released in 1983, uh, and it is uh, Joust, which is a game that came on my arcade one-up uh, arcade cabinet. Okay. Uh, it's one of my favorite uh, arcade games of all time. It's where you ride an ostrich <laughs> and uh, you have to uh, dominate the other flying ostriches on the screen. It doesn't make sense. The eighties was a, was a, a crazy decade. So, <laughs> all right, but I'll, I'll give it to Jeff. Okay. That's solid. I mean, yours is much older than mine. Mine is the <laughs> release title for the Xbox one rise son of Rome. Uh, you know, I actually, oh, yeah. I, I, remember playing it because it came with the xbox and i remember playing it and there was one part i just couldn't figure out how the controls were working and then i put it down and i put it down for ages and then i recently i uh, maybe a year or so ago i got a connect and um this year i was going through looking for connect enabled titles and i saw rise son of rome and i said oh you, let me pick this up and you know the cutscenes in that game are so beautifully rendered they're all actors cutscenes. they're all fairly famous actors as well and it's so true to life that i really wasn't worried by the over animated quick time events or anything like that i was just really enjoying the cutscenes and enjoying the uh sort of connect archers launch sort of thing that you do and i really I found it enjoyable. I played it through in an entire evening. It was only like maybe six hours long or something like that. It wasn't a super long game, but it was it was a very beautiful proof of concept for what the Xbox One should have been if they hadn't uh, defunded the Connect. So, yes, yeah, that's uh, so it could have been even more. Yeah, yeah, but it was a lovely game. I really enjoyed it. Well, I think Joust is one of the few games that could have been played on a mobile and 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 not lost a whole lot. <laughs> it is it's not an overly complicated game. It's one button and right or left and just how quickly can you push the button? It's how quickly you flap your wings. Fair fair enough. Um right. Okay, so that brings us to best mobile or PC experience. Now, I don't play any games on my PC these days. Uh, but I did mention earlier the mobile game I'm really enjoying right now, and they have regular expansions because it is, of course, a card-based game. So they come out with new card packs all the time, and that's Bad Apples. It's a great game. Pick it up. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. So for me, I don't really play 
mobile games that much. So for me, it'd be the PC experience, which is um, the expansion, which was released, I believe, in September. Oh, here we September go. We knew it was coming out. 2018. Yeah, I know. Well, I had to figure out a way to plug it in here somewhere. And that'd be uh, Battle for Azeroth, the expansion for World of War. Of course. Um, to me, best is the best since maybe Wrath uh, in terms of story. And, uh, I mean, it, it's, it has the most voice acting of any of, of the expansions. And so it's the most like playing a single player experience, uh, which as I've said many times, that's pretty much how I play it anyway. I mean, I hadn't been in a guild in years. And so basically I just play, um, and play for the story. Um, I get into, you know, pugs for the, the raids and just so that I can get the experience of seeing kind of how that works out. But you know, the rating isn't something that I've, I even have the time to do anymore. So if I get too great, if I don't great, but it's the story that really keeps me coming back. And if that wasn't good, I don't think I would play it at all. You know? Uh, so, so that would be my experience. I think battle for Azeroth is worth the, it's worth the price of the expansion just for the story. Um, and they've just now released a, a patch to it. So the first big patch has been released, which adds to that story. Um, and so, you know, if you enjoy it, I don't think it would be a bad investment to come back and, and play it at least for, um, you know, for the, to catch up on, on what's going on in the story. I love it. I love it. All right. I knew, I knew you were going to throw in world of Warcraft, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, it has to be. Okay. Yeah. Best multiplayer experience. Uh, I don't think it goes, I mean, it goes without saying the biggest multiplayer experience of 2018 and yet. It was released in 2017, but it got big in 2018 is, is Fortnite. Everyone's mad for Fortnite. I feel like yes. they've done it right. I don't feel hard done by. I pay money with them, and I'm not mad. Fortnite is a great game, so <laughs> not mad. It is. It is. And if I played it, it would probably be mine too, but I, I would say that my son would probably say Fortnite for sure. <laughs> um yeah, he would he would probably pick that. Uh, well, no, I know he would. For me, though, I, I'm going to say um, a game that continues to iterate and 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 be a positive uh, experience. Although I did not buy this particular expansion, or at least a card pack for it, which would be Hearthstone. Um, so they had their their. Um, I believe this is their second expansion. The the. Yeah. No, third, because they just released the Rastakhan. I can't hear you. So you have to. Um, so, yeah, it's the it, they, they're, they're, the third expansion is was released, I think, in December uh, or maybe late November. Um, either way, I didn't buy it. It's the first one I didn't. But it's because I had so much uh, dust collected from, you know, just for from a crafting cards or deleting cards or whatever that uh, I was able to create all the cards that I needed. Yeah. So I didn't actually have to, um, I didn't actually have to do any, any crafting or, or purchasing. So this is the first one I didn't have to spend money on. That's good. I, that would make yeah. it the best multiplayer experience for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm still playing, but I'm not having to spend any money on it. Well, that brings so us good. to the last two crap awards of 2018 the first one being <laughs> most pathetic cash grab game of 2018 hashtag how dare you so oh i mean we all know what it's going to be for me 
bloody sea of thieves. How bloody dare you? Don't lock me in there and play an accordion while you all puke on me. It was horrible. Released in March 2018, in my opinion, this is one of the worst games that has ever been made. It was boring, it was confusing, and you can't really play it single player. And if you try to play it multiplayer, people are horrible. So, not having it. Yeah. I just think it's funny, and we need more stories of Amanda's experience with Sea of Thieves. They Horrible. just brighten my day. They make it they make things better. Um, for me, the most pathetic cash grab, uh, and I, I could be incorrect on the date on this, but I don't think I am. I think Skyrim for the Switch was released um, in 2018. And, and let me make sure that it is correct. Even if it's not, it's getting the... Order. I think it is correct. Oh, well, we know it was released November 11th, 2011. Uh, um, they're not going to tell you. <laughs> Skyrim for Switch. Let's see. Uh, November 2017. So I'll give that 2018. I'll give that I'll give yeah. that 2018. Where you're going to get it. That's what they're going to get it anyway. So, <laughs> Cash grab. Um, when are they going to stop releasing this bloody game over and over? They piss me off with this. Yeah. <laughs> they get it so they that, that gets the uh, biggest cash grab of 20 of 2018 um and so then lastly our um biggest mess of a company for 2018 and i i mine's going to be different so I'll, okay um so i'll let you go first okay well for me it's bethesda uh just the whole fallout 76 complete cluster from the beginning from pre-orders where you get Fallout 1, Fallout 2, uh, sorry, original Fallout, Fallout 1 and 2, or no, Fallout 1, 2, and the Fallout, I don't know, Rogue Squadron or whatever the heck it's called. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean. The fact that that was a, it was a pre-order, you had to pay for it to get those free games. Now they're just giving it to everyone because they feel horrible about their experience. Bugginess, exactly. lags, glitches, the broken nukes, the canvas bags, the rum, the Nuka-Cola rums fiasco. I mean, Oh, yeah, and the it, plastic bottles, yeah. You know, it never ends. It really never ends. And I feel like Bethesda has lost themselves with this. They've lost some trust from me, and I, I feel like a lot of the gaming community. And it's just a bloody shame because they. I really felt like they were one of the last bastions after we had all that kerfuffle with Andromeda and Bioware. And right. now, you know, now they've stuffed it as well. So I think Obsidian yeah. Obsidian might be the last one. Yeah. So if we, I would just keep your eyes on that one. Hopefully they'll probably get swallowed up by a big company and get ruined as well. But mm. um, for me, my, the company that, that I think was the biggest mess uh, or is, and, and is, and it's probably because I have such love for this particular company. I didn't have as much love for Bethesda. I do think that they have failed miserably. Um, but I think that there's still hope for them. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, but for me, it, it's going to be Blizzard Activision. Um, over the last probably year, you've really seen, I mean, really in the last two years with Chris Metzen, which was like the main, the main drive for all the stories in Warcraft and kind of was the direction, the rudder, I guess you, if you will, for a lot of Blizzard's games and the lore in the world. And what he was responsible for really helping create such a, a like a lived in world. And, and uh, like he was uh, walking Wikipedia for all of their knowledge. 
Well, he retired and left the company. And I feel like that was, if, if in hindsight, that was an ominous sign. You could kind of, now if you trace it back and then where we are today, you can see that all these dominoes started to fall. And once he left, then you started seeing other, um, other big names in Blizzard, not Activision, but Blizzard getting pilfered or retiring or leaving like the head, the lead uh, designer on Hearthstone uh, or director. I I can't remember exactly what his title was, but basically he was in charge of the direction of the game. He left uh, about two or three other big wigs in in the Hearthstone area left as well. Now they're all working on a different project outside of Blizzard. Like they don't work for Blizzard anymore. They're creating a new Marvel game. So, which is great. I'm glad that you've got really talented people working on a, uh, you know, a completely new IP with Marvel. Uh, But for me, seeing this, this slide, uh, and, 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 and this on top of the idea that the, or the, of the, it's not even a rumor. They're basically paying their employees. They're giving them, they're, they're offering these severance packages to, uh, to, to let some of their employees go so that they could save money because Activision is losing money. They're not even losing money. They just didn't meet the, the goal that they had set for themselves to continue to print more money. They, they didn't meet the goal for Call of Duty. They didn't meet the goal for Destiny. So because of that, they're letting people go. And they're like, well, we didn't make our, our uh, shareholders didn't make enough money. And so these other projects are going to suffer. And that includes Heroes of the Storm, which was a very, a very solid MOBA that just kind of built on what other MOBAs had done well and built on that and then added familiar characters for people who play Blizzard games. You know, Overwatch is doing fine. They still have their Overwatch League. You know, they have their own controversies. But Activision, the more and more Activision has to do with Blizzard, the more and more they influence Blizzard and the direction of the company, the more you're seeing them become a big AAA kind of greedy organization. And it's unfortunate because Blizzard had a reputation for creating quality products for uh, kind of doing their own thing and 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 uh, releasing things when they were ready, kind of creating good content that had the best interests of the fans and and the people who play their games and gamers in general had the best interests of those individuals in mind when they created their products. So, um, unfortunately, Activision uh, is is seems to have a a bigger and bigger influence over the direction of the company, and I think you're going to continue to see very talented people who, uh, you know, who had a love for creating good content and creating good games, uh, leaving and going elsewhere. And I think you're going to see that affect, um, Blizzard games in general. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, but I mean, you've already seen it, uh, with some of the things that they've done, uh, with world of Warcraft, like BFA was great. Um, at least the initial release, but there were a lot of other things within the game that were random, you know, aren't, I think it's a RNG random num- number generating loot. That was, oh, uh, that was, yeah, I know. And, and they're, and they're starting to do that with the game. And then they're starting to add things that are really, really cool to the shop instead of giving it as an in-game reward for achieving certain things. They're like, well, here, you, this really nice mount, well, it's going to cost you 25 bucks. You know, 
So, and, and that was released on top of some of the other negative things that happened with the patches and, and stuff with, with the initial release of BFA. So it's in-game content that I'm not really concerned with, but I can see the direction. It's like seeing the writing on the wall. So mm. unfortunately, Blizzard Activision, to me, gets uh, the ultimate sad face for this year. And I hope that they kind of right the ship and, and uh, you know, otherwise I think that they're going to, you know, death by a thousand cuts. <laughs> oh. see. Yeah, no, it's it's but, been uh, quite anyway. a year, man. It's been quite a year. Some good times, some yes. bad times, and now it's 2019. <laughs> Lots of new games to look That's forward right. to this year. I'm really excited. I am too, and and we'll uh, definitely we'll we'll uh, do a, an episode on our excitement for those things, and 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 list some of the things we're looking forward to most, but. Uh, but that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. If you like what you hear, head over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time. See you later. See you later.